You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Annie McLaughlin here to stick together a half hour of worker stories, union news and social justice issues. We come to you from 3CR on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation with respect to the Elders past, present and emerging. We are coming to you on your community radio station through the Community Radio Network. Today we go down to the docks in Melbourne to a rally organised by Unions for Palestine. We hear an account from MUA veteran and AEU member as teachers step up in support of educators in Palestine who are losing their lives and from a uni student taking on the might of the establishment at University of Melbourne who have failed to respond to the destruction of the university in Gaza. But first, some union news. Rathu members working at Coles and Woolworths, building on their earlier super strike in October, took industrial action leading up to Christmas with the main focus a living wage of $29 per hour, secure jobs and safe workplaces. The strike began on the 20th of December at Woolies in Broken Hill where Rathu members began their strike at 12pm all the way to Christmas. At midday on Thursday the 21st of December, members represented by RAFU at Coles, Banksia Grove in Western Australia put down tools as well. At midday on Friday the 22nd of December, RAFU represented members throughout the rest of the country joined them. Super strike events were held in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth on Friday the 22nd of December. RAFU had prepared the ground by calling on community support for a boycott of Coles and Woolworths starting on December the 18th and running to the 24th of December. In the last weeks of 2023, after sustained campaigning from the construction unions led by the CFMEU, Federal, State and Territory Workplace Health and Safety Ministers banned engineered stone. Banning of engineered stone will save lives, said Zach Smith, Federal Secretary of the Construction, Forestry, Maritime and Energy Union, the CFMEU. Being called the new asbestos, silica is found in the engineered stone used most commonly in kitchen bench tops. Engineered stone has significantly higher crystalline silica content than other products of the same sort. It's composed of minuscule nanoparticles that penetrate deeper into the lungs. Health experts agree there is no safe level of silica in engineered stone. The deadly silica dust is responsible for the early deaths of young workers from those building kitchen tops, working in quarries or handling administrative tasks associated with the industries that have been using silica products and are in the same work facilities. As many as one in four workers exposed to silica have been diagnosed with silicosis, said the union. It's a brutal disease. Imagine slowly suffocating as you try to breathe through scarred lungs, they said. The union campaign throughout 2023 targeted businesses which sold the product, gaining assurances from suppliers that they would cease holding the stock, which lay the groundwork for the government response. The ban on engineered stone will be enforced on July the 1st, 2024. 
The industrial framework represented by the closing the loopholes legislation at a federal level was given a lot of attention in the final stages of 2023. The legislation was introduced to Parliament on the 4th of September to close loopholes that undermine paying conditions. The Fair Work Legislation Amendment Closing Loopholes Bill 2023 passed the Senate on the 7th of December 2023. Headline items were Intentional wage theft is now a criminal offence with penalties that include up to 10 years jail or a $7.8 million fine. Superannuation theft will also be included in this legislation. Same job, same pay clauses, removing the incentive to contract labour to reduce costs. Closing the labour hire loophole, which will mean better pay for labour hire workers who are brought in by companies like BHP and Qantas, to drive down wages in their industries. Stronger rights for workplace delegates. Introduce better support for first responders diagnosed with PTSD and the criminalising of industrial manslaughter across the country. Disabled workers are disproportionately victims of wage theft is one of the findings of the final report of the Royal Commission into Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of People with Disabilities published on the 2nd of November 2023. The fact that workers with disability are overrepresented in the gig economy and are more likely to work casual hours means that new employment laws that seek to allow the introduction of minimum standards for these workers cannot afford to be delayed any further, says Slater and Gordon Lawyer in Industrial Employment Law, Cassandra Gray. These minimum standards include pay, penalty rates, superannuation, payment terms, record keeping, insurance, representation, consultation, working time and potentially a right to annual leave, depending on the worker's situation. With the gig economy on an upward trajectory, these minimum standards should be introduced sooner rather than later, Ms Gray said. Gig economy workers can have low bargaining power, low authority over their work and often receive at or below the rates of comparable employees without the security and protection afforded to employees under Australian industrial relations law. Casual employees also face potential uncertainty of available work, usually without any leave entitlements. The proposed reforms will allow the Fair Work Commission to exercise its new jurisdiction to ensure gig economy workers receive added workplace protections. The changes make wage theft a criminal offence throughout Australia, increase increase civil penalties for underpayments offences, prevent employers paying labour hire employees lower rates, and amend the defence available to employers who are accused of sham contracts. <laughs> Electrical Trades Union National Secretary Michael Wright said it was important that the Albanese government's next emissions target should not be below that of the state's. The importance of the targets are to provide confidence to industry so that they can invest, Mr Wright said. We don't want the feds coming in under what the states are doing. We are sick of policy chaos in this area. New analysis shows as few as 3% of jobs at 8 Prominent renewable projects are ongoing and permanent. Mr Wright and Steve Murphy from the AMWU, the Australian Manufacturing Workers' Union, said the federal government needed to do more to support employment in the green energy economy. 
Mr Wright said the government needed to urgently train more workers for the renewable sector, while Mr Murphy said there should be a requirement for at least some locally made products in big green developments. Mr Murphy added there needed to be a return to the public ownership of electricity assets. If we don't have the job targets to go along with emission targets, we risk going into another climate culture war, he said. We were supposed to be a renewable energy superpower, but we are not making any of this. We are not making the wind towers, we are not making the solar panels, we are not making the wind turbines. United Workers Union school cleaners in Victoria, uh, a change in government contract has left hundreds of school cleaners facing an uncertain future with many having hours slashed or contracts not renewed. Government procurement policy should include not screwing over workers. UWU is examining legal options. The ETU and the AMWU, the Electrical Trades Union and the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union working at CSL are trying to put workers back into the focus of workers' capital by urging eight industry super funds to review millions of dollars of investment in CSL after it was revealed the biotech company was planning on shifting workers to lower pay upon moving to a new site. Covered by the United Workers' Union, 125 Treasury Wine Estate workers took 28 hours of strike action last week. Workers are demanding an improved pay offer and are also standing against unfair labour practices, including the sacking of labour hire workers. Workers at the Australian Public Service, covered by the CPSU, five government agency departments have now voted yes on EBAs, including the APS-wide pay deal agreed to by the CPSU. Other agencies are still pushing back against the proposed agreement. Workers at the ACCC took one hour of strike action on Thursday and the ASU tax office branch are exploring legal options for a better deal. The DP World dispute with the MUA, DP World bosses won't meet for negotiations for six weeks over summer holidays, so industrial action will continue at terminals around the country. DP World is also jacking up fees for their customers by up to 52%, greedy on both sides of the ledger. Vicpol cops have agreed to pause industrial action after a breakthrough commitment from Victorian police to move towards a nine-hour shift model. Shift reform is a key element of the dispute, but there has been no action on wages yet. Cops have been undertaking industrial action since early December, mostly writing messages on their car windows. As the death toll in Gaza rises, Democracy Now! reported 20th December on the death of three more journalists in Gaza. Hani al-Kastan was killed in an Israeli strike on the Nisaran refugee camp, along with her family. Abdullah Alwan, a frequent commentator for a number of Al Jazeera Arabic programs, was killed in an Israeli airstrike on his home in Jabalia, northern Gaza and Abel Zorob was killed as Israel bombed Rafah City overnight. He was reportedly known for his efforts to help wounded children. By this date, at least 97 Palestinian journalists have been killed by Israel since October 7.
You're listening to Stick Together, Workers' Stories, Union News and Social Justice Issues on the Community Radio Network through your community radio station or via our podcast. You're with Annie. I'm making this program just before Christmas and you are listening to it just after Christmas. It has been dispiriting to realise the death and destruction of Gaza and the West Bank literally are in the birthplace of baby Jesus, celebrated at Christmas time by those who are religious, and the gathering of family and goodwill for those who are not, are at stake under the relentless bombing of Israeli forces. Ordinary people like you and me, ordinary workers, are being left defenceless, being killed. With this in mind, Unions for Palestine had rallied at Phillips Road at Appleton Dock at the Patrick's Terminal to picket the arrival of a ship called Sparrow, owned by the Israeli company Zim. Unions for Palestine have been dogging Zim ships across the ports of Australia in protest against support for Israeli commerce, while the bombing is going on in Gaza and terror acts continue in the West Bank by Israeli settlers. On the 19th of December, they counted the gathering a victory because instead of docking in Melbourne, at that moment, Zim's ship, the Sparrow, was idling off the coast of Port Kembla, hoping for entry. The rally went ahead anyway to affirm the reason for the action. Here are some of the voices from the rally. First up, veteran MUA member, Kevin Bracken. G'day Kevin, can I talk to you about what's going on here? Okay, yep. Tell me about why we called the action. Um, There was a a, uh, Zim ship, the Zim Sparrow, was shown by the uh, Port of Melbourne Authority was going to be coming in here. Um, But it's actually still sitting off Port Kembla. But we've decided to, um, or the people who've organised it have decided to go ahead with it anyway, just to um, show that um, we're not happy with supplying Israel with weapons to massacre huge amounts, huge numbers of civilian people who are innocent, and it's a it's a shocking crime against humanity, and it's, I'm very proud to be here with people who are considerate and um, thoughtful and, and not happy, and can see we can do something about it. So, uh, during the action down at the uh, ports, it raises awareness, but do you think it's also had an effect on uh, the um, ship? as well, you know, that they've actually moved it around? Are they adverse to this sort of publicity? They, they're adverse to um, any hold-ups. Shipping companies like to just get in, get out, you know, keep moving, and they have a, they all have a schedule. So it's been held up a long, long time, you know. It's been sitting off Port Kembla. And um, you know what? Other companies don't want the thing either. I see the Maersk shop stopped going to the um, Red Sea, and I think um, the double OCL, they said they're not, not shipping to Israel as well. So, I mean, the things that Le- Yemen have done is fantastic, you know. And, you know, no one's been killed by any of their actions. And they're, what they're trying to do is stop people from, innocent people from being massacred, you know, which Israel's got every intention to continue to do. They're not going to stop until they're made to stop. And unless enough people get motivated to make them stop, they'll keep going on. And it's, you can't consciously allow that to happen. So good to see you here, comrades. My name's Matt, I'm from NTEU. I'm co-chairing along with my NTEU comrade, Geraldine. Comrades, 
Ours is a movement that has faced some pretty difficult times over the past few decades. The Labour movement is not as strong as it was, and we've faced attacks from Liberal governments, but also from, from Labour governments. We've, we've faced some of the harshest laws against industrial action in the developed world in this country. And our IR system is, has been set up, I think, to, to dismantle union power, to undermine density, and to kill rank and file unionism. But when I look around this evening and I see all your faces and all those union flags, RTBU, ASU, UWU, I can't see any NTU flags actually, but I've got plenty of NTU comrades here tonight. When I see all of your faces and union flags and I see your, your commitment to serious rank and file unionism, I start to think that maybe we can start to turn things around a little bit in this country. And as you have said, the fight for the, liber for the liberation of Palestine is not just about the Palestinian people. It's about all of us. It's about liberation for ordinary people and workers all over the world because we're all subject to this brutal imperial capitalist system. And if it's going to change, it's going to change because of this kind of work and rank and file activism of the kind that we're engaging in today. So good on to all of you. Now, I said before that our movement has been facing uh, harsh laws and declining density over the past uh, few decades, but there are some unions who have stood strong throughout this period, and of course MUA is one of them. Uh, Geraldine has um, already mentioned the relationship between MUA and Unionists for Palestine and how important that is for the work that we're doing. We were going to run a picket tonight before Zim scurried off to Port Kembla, uh, and we know that MUA workers were not going to cross that picket. Right, that is very, very important. That is very, very important for what we're doing. And that's exactly the kind of commitment we need to see more of uh, in Australian unions, blue-collar and white-collar unions. So that's what we're building. Hi, fella. I'm a proud member of the National Tertiary Education Union and a proud member of Unionists for Palestine, as Matt is, and we're the people who've organised this important rally today. And it is a very important rally. Uh, and one of the reasons for that uh, or, or some real hope that we can take from this rally is that today we found out that the Zim, Zim ship Sparrow that was scheduled to dock in this port, to be unloaded in this port, because of our protest, turned itself around. Yeah. It turned itself around, it's now sitting out to sea outside Port Kembla. Can't do anything out there, costing that company thousands and thousands of dollars every minute that it's sitting out there to see. And just as a reminder, comrade, about, comrades, about Zim and what they represent. Zim was founded during the British Mandate and they played a direct role in the settler dispossession of, of Palestine. They armed the Zionist militias during the Nakba. More recently, between 2011 and 2014, they moved 20,000 tonnes of military and security equipment from the US to Israel. And today, as Israel carries out its brutal siege of Gaza, they have offered their vessels, ships and infrastructure to meet the national needs of Israel. This is a company up to its neck in 
the bloodbath in Gaza. And it is right that we are here to protest them. And comrades, we have support in that terminal. We have support in being here from the workers in that terminal and from the MUA. Uh, thank you. I, I am here as a member of the Australian Education Union and speaking for Teachers for Palestine. It is fantastic that this mass picket, with the support and respect of the MUA, has resulted in such a resounding victory. Maritime workers' role in loading and unloading ships and their refusal to cross our picket, resulting in that ship avoiding this port, will disrupt the supply of weapons for the war in Gaza. Teachers' role in helping students learn about the world around them can stop the normalising of genocide in our world. To connect history, historical genocides to today so that hopefully we never repeat them. All of us are standing up to our employers, whether Patrick Stevedores, Zim Shipping, the art centres who are censoring artists who are standing up for Palestine. Or or teachers who are facing censorship from the Department of Education. We all fight in our unions through acting together. And tonight's action, our collective action, has ensured that MUA members could see a serious protest movement that they could support. Collective action has also been happening in schools. A teacher was called into the principal's office for wearing a keffiyeh to school. The local union members responded by calling a meeting on that day and resolved to all wear kafirs to school the next day. A teacher, a friend of mine, was sent home from the school by her principal for handing out teachers and staff of Palestine material to other teachers. We took that straight to a regional meeting of delegates that very night that happened to be on. The principal was condemned, that member was supported, that teacher was reinstated the next day and she is still wearing her kefir to work every day. Just today, I learned that a teacher had been formally warned by her principal yesterday. Members at that school had a meeting, condemned the principal, wrote to the principal and told him to withdraw that warning. He wrote to her and withdrew that warning today. The key to union power is to keep talking to each other, to figure out what to do and come together to take action in our workplaces. When that happens in schools, teachers are supported in denormalising genocide. When it happens on the docks, the war machine is disrupted. Solidarity is international. Teachers, dock workers, journalists are all resisting across borders. Thank you. So folks wanted me to come here today and talk about what's been happening on campuses. The silencing of pro-Palestinian voices, the absolute disgraceful dehumanization of Palestinians, the racist banning of kafirs. It is absolutely disgraceful. So uh, last year, the uh, Student Union of the University of Melbourne passed the Boycott, Divest and Sanction motion. They were intimidated by a lawsuit and forced to rescind that motion. Uh, and then at the start of this year, 
a group called the Parliamentary Friends of IHRA. IHRA is the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance group, which has created a, def a disgraceful definition of anti-Semitism, which calls any criticism of Israel, which calls, which labels calling Israel a settler colonial state, calling Israel a racist endeavor, which it absolutely is. They have defined that as anti-Semitic and our, and our university, which I am absolutely ashamed to be studying at as a PhD student, has taken up this definition. So we, we are going to have this definition rescinded and, and the disgraceful university of genocide, which is what I call it, uh, has also had a $13 million partnership with a weapons manufacturer, Lockheed Martin, which is killing our Palestinian siblings right now. Refat al arir which was an academic in Palestine, was murdered and assassinated by the Israel settler colonial Zionist state. The, the Islamic University of Gaza has been bombed to smithereens. And our disgraceful university here will not even say a single word about this. You would expect universities all across the world to be calling this out for what it is, which is an, a, a disgraceful attack on learning and education. Our universities are supposed to be bastions for critical thinking. And our, our university has attempted to ban graduates from wearing their kafirs to graduation. Recently, a African Muslim graduate of engineering was kicked out of his own graduation for, for carrying a Palestinian flag. We had a 2,500 signature open letter that we wrote to our Vice Chancellor Duncan Maskell uh, calling him to, to uh, end the partnership with Lockheed Martin, rescind the IHRA definition, and no longer have a partnership with the Hebrew University. Um, and he ignored that letter. He has not responded to that letter. I want us all to have each other's backs in every single way. There's no hierarchy of strategy. We need to mobilize every single strategy that we can. We need to have each other's backs. I was a, I've become converted. I used to think social media was really a shit place to do politics, but the University of Genocide is shitting their pants at the reputational damage that we are bringing on them. And so if you haven't liked that Instagram page, Uni Malka Palestine, please like it, share everything that we post, comment as soon as you see something, share it, like, comment, because the University of Melbourne is going to end this partnership and with all of your help, we can do it together. Thank you. In our thousands, in our millions. That's it for Stick in Together this week. But millions. before I go, just a reminder of the AFIDA campaign in support of Palestine Relief. To make a donation, go to www.afida.org.au. That's A-P-H-E-D-A. If you want to catch up with our program, the podcast is available at 3cr.org.au or at your favourite podcast site. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, Whatever you do, there is a union for you. And until next time, stick together.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.